I am the devil, and I am here to do the devil's work. When there's no more room in hell, the dead will walk here. Do you want to play a game? Movies don't create psychos. Movies make psychos more creative. Yes! I'm your number one fan. Look at me, Damien. It's all for you. Hi, I'm Chucky. Wanna play? We have such sights to show you. Everything you ever were afraid of. They're coming to get you, Barbara. Get me back, Barbara! <laughs> what are you waiting for? Ah! Don't fall asleep. Welcome to the Morgue, the official podcast of CorpseFeet.com. With you now is my trusty producer, and the man who, who will help me light the way, Nick Valdez from comicbook.com. Howdy, everybody. I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me, Arturo. Thanks for doing this with me, Nick. I appreciate <laughs> it very much. We've done this before in different uh, industries, you know? Yeah. In you... different uh, <laughs> kind of topics, so no one better to help me out with this than you, man. I, if they've heard us before, if they heard your voice before, you know, cool, but you know, we're, we're a different beast now. Yes. This is the official... Corpse Feet Podcast, The Morgue, and thanks for joining us, and welcome to the first one ever, um, so it's going to sound a little rough, Yeah, <laughs> um, but uh, just stick around, shit's going to get better, I promise. But yeah, so pretty much uh, CorpseFeet.com, if you haven't seen it yet, you are where? Under a rock maybe? But we definitely have a big presence going on on social media. Facebook especially, we're over 8,000 strong over there. Instagram is catching bit by bit. I like to just put out the content out there that people want to see. Anything related to horror, blood, gore, guts, violence, uh, monsters, any kind of scary thing you can think of is uh, everything I push out there. And uh, in terms of music, I like to put out there good metal that I've listened to throughout the days. Um, There's a lot of music out there, and if you've read the reviews on the website, you definitely know that I do go through tons of music to find the best shit out there for you guys. But welcome. When did you when did you start getting into metal? Like, uh, yeah, just run us through oh, that a dude, little bit. Uh, all right. So a little background on me. Um, uh, you know, my parents immigrated here from the Dominican Republic. So as a little kid, all I was exposed to was just a lot of Spanish music, a lot of Spanish music. And growing up in the hood, <laughs> um, it was a lot of, you know, hip hop and stuff like that. And, uh, but, you know, I was always missing that one thing, missing that one fucking thing, man. And believe it or not, like, when Enter Sandman came around and Metallica's Load came around, that was actually my first exposure to that heavier side of music, man. A lot of the of the purists would be like, oh, Metallica's Load, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yeah, but, you know, you know what? Like, you know, I had to find the shit myself. That's the best part of... Uh, of my musical taste is that I am very eclectic and I love all kinds of metal. Every genre of metal is important in of itself, um, from the basic hardcore stuff to the technical death metal to the technical progressive metal to everything under the sun. There's so many genres that I can talk about that for a, for a while. Maybe one day we'll have a conversation about metal genres and what uh, and what's kicking out there. Pretty much, metal became a part of my life even more so. As I got into high school, you know, I picked up the guitar, mm-hmm. got into Pantera. Pantera changed my life. And from there, I never looked back, man. 
fucking Dimebag Daryl opened up a whole highway of Whoa. hell, pretty much. Hell and yeah. I haven't, I haven't looked back. Hell yeah! What What about horror, Artero? Oh, dude, uh, this is a good story. Horror. My mother got me into horror movies. Oh she used shit! To, yeah, believe it or not, she used to bring me to movie theaters. She used, to, she used to take me and my brother to these double matinees, and the matinees would just be some fucking random combination. Like it would be the Curse of Michael Myers with the Big Green, like, <laughs> like legit. They would show you the Big Green first, and then you're like, okay, now this shit got creepy, and then. You got Michael Myers, and it's, it was great. So I got exposed very young to uh, t- to horror because of my mom. She loved horror movies um, and still does. And also um, in New York, which uh, of course we is based out of, um, we had WPIX Channel Eleven. So let me tell you a little bit about Channel Eleven. Shit's <laughs> fucking changed, man. Legit, shit has fucking changed. Now, like you got the Dawson's Creek stuff, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, he- Seventh Heaven, all those shows. Before all those shows were on fucking TV, bro, it was pure movies every single night at 8 o'clock. So during October, they used to give a horror movie every single fucking night. So you can imagine, I caught all the classics, Friday the 13th, Nightmare on Elm Street, Child's Play, all kinds of, um, ep- um, all the sequels to actual Nightmare on Elm Street, that Freddy Krueger song alone kind of just stuck with me forever. That one, two, Freddy's coming for you song. Oh, yeah. The little girl are skipping rope outside and shit. That uh, that stayed with me for life, dude. And that, watching all those horror movies at such a young age, you can't, just like with heavy metal, you can't turn back, dude. <laughs> like, this whole world get, that gets open for you and it gets, and you get exposed to all this, like, different, abnormal, non-traditional things. And that really kind of molds your mind, man. It, it molded my brain to the person I am today. It kind of makes you who you are. Um, it, it makes you more aware, in my opinion. It, mm-hmm. it kind of opens your eyes to everything else. It makes you more acceptable of everyone else in the world, believe it or not, because you've seen so many d- different things, whether in the metal community or in the horror community. You've seen all these different kinds of cultures and different backgrounds and different ways of life that – you are so accepting of people that you're just, you know, you're just fucking friendly as shit, man. And be able to hang out and have a drink with anybody and just shoot the breeze. That's the beauty of this thing. And that's the beauty of Corpse Feed. That everyone in the Corpse Feed community is able to share their artwork, their tattoo work, their their music, their stories, their movies, all that stuff, man. We're able to just congregate in one place and just mm-hmm. enjoy all this fun stuff, man, and and it's going good, man. Of course, is going strong, and it seems like the people out there are really digging all that stuff that I'm putting out there. So I'm very excited about it. Yeah, uh, thanks to everybody who's checking out Corpse Feed. Like, would, yeah, we wouldn't like, be here without you. <laughs> seriously, like, thank you so much. There was a time during Corpse Feed. I started Corpse Feed back in 2016 because. I was told by Nick Valdez himself, you know, <laughs> to, you know, put this stuff in an outlet, you know, put your love in an outlet, and that's what happens. So, Course Feed began, and it went strong for about a year or so, and then I took a little hiatus because of uh, some work stuff and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, but even then, I still kept the Facebook going. I still kept the post going. I still kept putting up the articles here and there every time I could. And recycling the articles and the people just kept coming and kept coming. And then every time I checked uh, my website and uh, checked to see, you know, what was popping over there, 
I was fucking shocked. Like, people are actually going and fucking reading this shit, and they're digging it. And, and the Facebook just proved that. Like, people started slowly, it's just started me just sharing stuff, and now people are commenting, people are sharing my opinions, people are sharing stuff that I shared. They're digging it, and, and I'm loving it. It's awesome. It's been good to see you on my end, and now you know. Now we're trying to usher CourseFeed into a new era. Yes, you've seen this baby grow from its fetal fucking stage, bro, up to its uh, infancy right now. It's yeah, still, it's still yeah, like we're it's infancy, infants. So, yeah, yeah. Um, bit by bit, man, this little baby's fucking getting fed and growing. And uh, there's a lot of very exciting ideas that we have for CourseFeed, but uh, I know for sure there's. A bunch of stuff to talk about. It's the first time I'm talking to you guys directly from the Corpse Feed. And I definitely want to get into some very cool stuff that I've seen this year. And some cool stuff that we will see this summer. Just mm-hmm. in the next month or so, we're going to get a bunch of good shit. So a lot of, a lot of wild about. shit this summer, right? Like a lot of horror. It's Dude, pretty crazy. I am fucking surprised how, how much quality it looks to be. That is getting released. Like, it looks like quality right now. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. it, it, that, that's the problem in horror sometimes. That, <laughs> the shit, that the shit looks good. You know? Right. But is it good? You know? There's uh, <laughs> there's one movie in particular that we're going to get into um, in the cast. Uh, Godzilla. That's very polarizing. And we're definitely going to get into that. We're going to get into um, La Llorona, which was a major... A major like blow to the gut and we're gonna get into some other things that are very exciting and i feel that i'm saying exciting way too much so let's get (laughs) yeah let's just jump right in man let's do it let's get into some news let's get um the very cool stuff out of the way that i don't know much about because Mm -hmm. of just information out there tool one of my favorite fucking bands ever tool are finally releasing their fucking album on August 30th. Uh, the last time this fucking band released an album, dude, it was 20... 2006, bro. Jeez, man. <laughs> oh, jeez. The album was 10,000 Days. I was fucking working on Hot Topic, my man. Fucking slinging those t-shirts, slinging that metal in Hot Topic, slinging the chains and the trip pants of the goth kids, you know? <laughs> and, and over here, I'm listening to Tool, and... It was a great experience. I saw them live that year, too. Oh. Um, and that was a, a fucking awesome show over here at the Nassau Coliseum in New York City. But all those years ago, what are we? We're in 2019 now, right? Yeah. 13 years 13 ago. 13 years. 13 fucking years ago, their album came out. So after some uh, a bunch of legal battles and uh, a bunch of um, nasty financial legal business, the band is finally free. To uh, put out a fucking album, which is fucking great. It's about goddamn time. And what's more exciting that I've been uh, keeping up with my information is that I think finally Tool is going to release their discography on streaming media. And that's huge because they're one of the few old bands out there in metal, in music alone, that you can't really get their music through Apple Music, through Spotify, through Amazon. For example, Radiohead in the rock genre as well is another band that you can't find their stuff as easily up until a little while ago but that tool you can't find their shit at all you have to go out there and buy a fucking cd and it's like who's gonna go out there and buy a cd bro who has a cd player anymore cars don't have cd players anymore right they i mean unless you 
if you bought one in the last like five years, you know, probably not. But yeah, right. It's like, dude, it's a dying thing. Like everybody has their shit digitally. They got their MP3s. They don't have MP3 players anymore. Uh, no, they don't. If you don't have a phone, that's it. <laughs> oh man, dude, I remember making fucking mixes of Tool and all this metal on the fucking Sony mini disc. Remember that shit? Yeah, man. Yeah, oh. I, had a, I had a fucking mini disc, bro. And the shit's changed, bro. The games, the music game has fucking changed, Yo, my remember, man. Remember it's when, wild. Remember when one gig was huge? Dude, that's all you needed. Yeah, you were like, man, I got like, I got like 30, 40 songs on here, man. <laughs> like, yeah, this is gonna last me the whole fucking week, bro. You know? And now I'm like, oh, man, I'm fucking like, I'm topped out at like at least 15, 20 gigs of music. And I'm like, I need more space. <laughs> But that's what streaming has done for music in general. Just uh, let's talk about that for a little bit, actually, how the music industry itself has changed, especially in the metal community, where now you have bands that can actually try and get their music out there a little bit more. Yes, sales, record sales now are a thing of the past, but now bands are doing two things, which are very important. They're playing live shows a lot more, mm-hmm. and they're fucking... They're getting a social media presence and it's getting them out there in this day and age. And as I've always said, the only way to really see if a band's really good is to see them fucking live. So now these guys are playing a shitload of live shows and making their money and connecting with the crowds and they're doing their thing on social media. So it's easier for somebody to kind of penetrate that market, which is good. Because back in the day, dude, these bands starting out, I know I myself was in a couple of bands I played shows in the city and stuff like that, and it's, it's very fucking difficult before like the Twitter and Instagram and stuff like that. I mean, you had to like go to a studio, you had to fucking record something, and then you had to hope that the demo sounded decent. And now you could just plug in right into your fucking computer or your fucking iPhone mm-hmm. or Android, whatever you got, and just make fucking music, put it out there instantly. And just promote it immediately. And that's fucking wild, bro. It's wild. But yeah, that's... uh Oh, what else is coming out in music? I think Slipknot's coming out in the album. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so what do you think of the new masks? Um, I am a little underwhelmed, to be honest with you. Because they make such a big deal about the mask every time they right. have a new, uh, <laughs> a new release. Um, I know a lot of people are disappointed with uh, with Corey's mask, Singer. And I've heard it on Facebook, on uh, on the Core Street site, so... A lot of people aren't really happy with the masks. I dig the new single. It's all right. It's super fucking catchy. It's very it's very mellow. Corey was saying how the record was going to be a little bit closer to Iowa, which is pretty much their heaviest album to date. Yeah. came out back in uh, 2002, I believe, 2001. It was a sophomore in high school, I think, or some shit like that. But uh, that was their heaviest album. It was their angriest. So um, when somebody says... That, oh yeah, we're going to go back to this album and these kinds of feelings and stuff, or it's the heaviest album we've made since Iowa. You're like, you expect a lot. So with this first single, I was really underwhelmed with the heaviness of it, but I can't front, man. The fucking shit's catchy. So let's just see how that goes. Their album gets released on August 2nd. They're touring all summer long with... uh, with Volby, which is fucking great. Oh, um, Volby, man. And, and they have a new album coming out too this summer, so they're also pushing that album. I'm also a little u- underwhelmed with their first single. It's kind of shitty, honestly. <laughs> Damn, um, man. You like? Uh, I hope they're not like you know, flash in the pan kind of thing. Well, like they, their discography shows that they have you know gems and on uh, pretty much in every album. So 
Uh, I'm going to give them a little bit of a break on this one, but uh, they're penetrating the American market pretty well. If you, if you don't know, Volbeat, Volbeat's a band from uh, from uh, Denmark, um, and they've done pretty well with themselves recently, especially when their last album came out back in 2016. They uh, penetrated the American market pretty darn well compared to their older um, albums before. So they're getting, they're catching fire here in the Americas, which is dope. Um, and this album, this album, hopefully, hopefully it's good, but they're going to be torn with Slipknot. They're going to be the direct, the direct opener for Slipknot. So it's Slipknot, Volby, Behemoth, and Gojira. So, I mean. That's pretty tight. That's not, fun, yeah, I really, I really like Gojira. I mean, first of all, because of the name, you know. And, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Speaking of Godzilla. Yeah, right. <laughs> but Volby, man, it. It's cause man, it's cause of those clean vocals, man. It's clean yeah, vocals dude. and like heavy instrumentals, and it's just like a good blend. It's pleasant, man. It's what Metallica tried to be in the late '90s mm-hmm. when Load came out and stuff like that, and even with the Black Album, because you can see when I first heard the Volby, they kind of reminded me of a better version of that Metallica that people didn't really think was really thrash metal, mm-hmm. um, where they where they try to get a bit more you know, poppy with their rock and stuff. So they definitely remind me of that, but a better version of that. Mm-hmm. And and I've been playing them ever since. And dude, they're fucking rocking. So I'm really hoping this album's good. I'm really hoping that show is good. It should be fucking off the hook. So, but yeah, but that's uh, it's pretty much all that's uh, really going on in in, uh, in in metal land right now. That's of importance, honestly, because there's a lot of, with music, as I mentioned before, there's a lot of it, dude, a lot of fucking music. And honestly, if you got time to listen to all that fucking music man then god bless you bro because mm-hmm. it's tough but um uh, like i said before i'm gonna be t- talking about some relevant stuff about the music that i like but the music that um that i feel people should be kind of aware of i'm not gonna push any band on anybody or anything because i know the metal heads are very demanding and very elitist sometimes uh but but yeah so i'm hoping uh the Tool album coming out at the end of August is fucking great. I'm hoping the Slipknot album is good and the Volbeat album is good. Other than that, in Metalland, let's say let's wave nice goodbye to yeah. Metal for now. <laughs> I mean, and- if you if if anyone at home has any like recommendations or like yo, this is a good like this is a good band or this is a good track, you should check it out. You know, pass them to pass them Arturo. Like yeah, put it, pass throw it in on, our man. yeah, pass it over in the the comments of when you know whenever Corpse posts. Arturo's always looking. So, you know, we're always yeah. checking stuff out. I am I am constantly on there. I am also a big proponent of pushing small bands. Like mm-hmm. uh, recently I did a review for uh, this uh, Chicago based de- a death metal band called the Her Worst Nightmare. Nice. They reached out to uh, they actually reached out to me because of a different band that I reviewed and stuff and I was very glad and happy to listen to their music and check it out and write something up and you know it was good. It was good. If it's good it's good. I'll tell you it's good. If it's not good, then well, you know, you might not see that review pop up for a little while. <laughs> but, I mean, um, yeah, yeah. yeah. If you got any recommendations, send them over. Arturo's always listening. He's always keeping his eyes peeled. Yeah. Always, man. Always keeping my ear to the ground, man. There's a lot of music out there and a lot of small bands that I'd be glad to just listen to and, and just put out there because, you know, everyone deserves to be kind of heard. And Absolutely. This is, a, this is a good outlet for you guys out there. Um, so if you got a metal band out there and you're just starting up, send that shit my way. I'll be honest with you and I'll tell you what's up. But um, uh, e- enough about music. Um, <laughs> the Corpse Feed was honestly started for fucking horror movies, man. Horror right. movies are, are my passion. I love talking about movies in general. 
Um, I love talking about horror movies. Um, and like heavy metal horror movies, there's a little bit of everything for everyone. Mm-hmm. Horror and metal blend so well together that they're just like each other because they have so many little branches and offshoots. Um, it's a big umbrella for each. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a little bit of everything for everyone. For instance, what, they're what rebooting Hellraiser, right? Yeah. Uh, what? Oh, what is going on there, man? How, how, do, you, how do you feel? <laughs> um, Hellraiser has, uh, has grown to be one of my favorite horror movies, man. It's so dark. It's so well-written. Clive Barker did such a good job with that story that it's just very haunting, you know? Um, It's a very haunting uh, story with very haunting optics and haunting characters. Pinhead, for example, uh, the actor who plays him, Doug Bradley, has been playing Pinhead for God knows how how long. I forgot how many years. Hey, man, when you you got it, you got it, Arturo. I mean, there's no reason to recast him. (laughs) There's there's no reason. is Doug Bradley gonna be in this reboot? You, if it, if they want to do a reboot, Arturo, like you, you, you know, can't, right? You can't, right? Maybe he can be like a like a head Cenobite or something, you know, like no, Lord of the Cenobites. Or something. Yeah, but, give uh, him, give Pinhead like a promotion. <laughs> you know what though? They tried recasting Pinhead in one of those. I think it was Hellraiser Revelations or something like that. When the shoot. Looked like a fucking baby face. And it was just the weirdest fucking thing because he didn't look like Pinhead. It looked like Pinhead's face was all swollen and shit. But I'm very interested in this. The community, when I say the community, I mean, you know, people on uh, on Facebook, my corpse feeders, or my corpse fiends, as I begin <laughs> yeah, to call them. corpse fiends. Um, so my corpse fiends are, they're not digging that idea. They, um, they definitely want to see a good adaptation, a good homage to it, but Mm -hmm. a lot of us feel that it's very difficult to kind of do that all over again because you can't recreate those emotions and those feelings of just dread and just kind of disgust at seeing all that stuff. And I'm very curious, very, very curious about it, and I'm a little concerned because honestly... It's not needed, man. It's yeah, not needed, but like Clyde Barker's how... Clyde Barker's not even involved anyway, right? Yeah, I don't think he is. That's a big mistake, man. Yeah, because he's... he's got a very distinct like point of view. It's very distinct weirdness that's like Dude, like Clyde I mean, Barker. That, that's an understatement. Have you seen Lord of Illusions, bro? Lord of Illusions is fucking wild. Holy shit, that's wild, man. It has the guy from Quantum Leap in it, right? As the main character. And then it's about this magician who fakes his death. But it fakes it, like, to a point where, like, it's just this, like, gory scene. And then there's a whole conspiracy behind it and, like, a cult background. It's fucking wild, dude. But Clive Barker is, um, like, a horror genius. Like, the stories he writes are dope. Um, Midnight Meat Train was Clive Barker. Very mm-hmm. underrated movie. I fucking love that movie. That's a good movie. That's the first movie I've actually seen with Bradley Cooper, I think. <laughs> and, Man. Uh, uh, Nick, have you seen it? Have you seen? Uh, no, no, I'm I'm interested now because uh, like the only Clive Barker stuff I've seen is is the Hellraiser stuff. So yeah, you, I recommend Midnight Meat Train. Don't watch Lord of Illusions because it'll put you off. Because it, it's it's spectacle and just like shock and all kind of shit. Right. But Midnight Meat Train, dude, seriously underrated. It, the, a movie is about a photographer. Who, who goes out in the subway and takes pictures and stuff like that. And then w- one day he sees this guy mm-hmm. who, who looks like a butcher 
who's um uh, pl- uh played by Vinnie Jones, right? The oh, soccer player. Nice. Um, yeah, Vinnie Jones is dope. And he takes pictures of this butcher, you know, killing these guys. And then after that, this whole conspiracy starts and he's obsessed with fighting this butcher. I- I'm not going to spoil it because I definitely want you to see it. But after you see it, we'll spoil the fuck out of it for everybody. Because <laughs> uh, <laughs> this is what this is... This is what this podcast is about, too. All my reviews out there, um, I don't spoil anything for my audience. I Mm -hmm. feel that I give you pretty good reviews with not much of a reveal of what's going to happen. I have to stop myself at certain times with certain movies as to not spoil that stuff for you guys. But if you made it this far, you fucking read the reviews already. So, um, or I'm hoping you that are, hopefully, you know, it's, hopefully. yeah, it's one of those things where like spoilers, you know, my, my personal stance is like, yeah, like I'm fine, but like with horror, I don't know, man. Cause horror is all about like the reveal. It is about the reveal. Yeah. It's all about it's just, the twist, yeah. the, the, the big, you know, the big kill. So it's like, if I found out what happened or how it happens or, you know, before that, before I actually see it. No matter what it is, I'll still be like, man, I wish yeah. I didn't know. <laughs> in, that, uh, in that case, you know, spoiler alert. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, it, 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 like Artero said, this is – we're it, fair warning, all these podcasts will be full spoilers, you know, and if not, yeah, we'll, we'll mark I'll, – I'll, I'll mark a time code for the buddies at home, for yeah. the core scenes, you know, just to – Yeah, for the feeds and buddies out there, right? Yeah. But uh, no, but you know why? Because like there are times where I just want to go so in depth in a movie and just start talking about it left and right, left and right, mm-hmm. that I I don't have that privilege in a review because I respect the fact that I don't want to spoil this for people. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not the internet guys. I don't want to fucking throw out memes that spoil shit out there. You know. But yeah, dude, go watch Midnight Meat Train. I highly recommend it. I think you'll definitely dig it. Bradley Cooper's dope in it. Very underrated story. It's Clive Barker, again, as we talk about Barker over here, mm-hmm. and Hellraiser. I hope Hellraiser's good. I hope it's um, good. But another remake, I think, uh, is that popped up recently is the Candyman remake mm-hmm. um, from uh, Jordan Peele, right? That's just, It's not key, right? It's Peele, right? Yeah, uh, Jordan Peele uh, is producing yeah. it, and the director behind it is interesting, too. Uh, really? Yeah, produced. Yeah, produced by Jordan Peele. It's a it's a spiritual sequel to Candyman. What does that mean? Let's stop right there. (laughs) So, okay. From your take, you've been in this review game for a while now, right? And what does that mean to you? A spiritual sequel. So, uh, a perfect example is uh, Halloween. You know where. They, the Halloween of 2018, for anyone who's seen it, it's, it's straight up a direct sequel to part, part one, but it's also like a new film. You know, although, you know, we, we definitely disagree on whether or not it, it really nails that new part, but it's, it's definitely like, it's not directly saying like this is Halloween two, but it's also Halloween two. Yes. I get it. Yeah, I, so, I, what do you think, Arturo? What do you think a, a spirit? What does a spiritual sequel mean to you? That it has the the vibe, or just not even the vibe, because it's hard to recreate vibes, especially this day and age, and with film work and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But maybe more of it has that um, that tone, you know, right? Um, that the first one probably had. In reality, 
I'm not I'm not a big Candyman guy. I was never a big Candyman guy. I thought it was pretty whack, honestly. But in terms of spiritual sequels, I think it's more of the lines that it's set in the same spirit and regard as its original. Like, it has the same universe feel as it, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like you're continuing the story in that same universe. It doesn't feel like a... You're going to see little... little easter eggs pop up here and there probably in the movie throwing back to the original but it's weird i don't like that spiritual sequel like tagline on it yeah like um it's it's being set in like a gentrified version of the original setting so yeah (laughs) (laughs) that's the only sound that could describe my feelings is that what the internet says is is that what they're saying about it yeah yeah oh man so, okay. So yeah, the director is uh, so Jordan Peele hired a female director, which is you know that's a big plus because you know, that means we'll get a point of view. Uh, you know, not to just throw this out there, but like women are really good at directing horror. So um, yeah, I'm yeah. hoping I'm hoping for the best. But then again, she's only directed like one movie before this, uh, Little Woods in 2018 um, oh, I don't know what the fuck that is yeah exactly so like I mean I'm sure I'm sure it might be good but you know or maybe not but it's still one of those things where it's like you, you have like a an up and coming director taking on like it, Candyman's not a huge franchise so maybe maybe there's a chance and with, with Jordan Peele producing it'll have like the monkey paw touch so hopefully yeah, I'm, it, I'm hoping for good fuck stuff. It, like, like, why not? You know? Yeah. Um, if it gives a new filmmaker a chance to do something cool and something that will actually make the, an impact and make this character a bit cooler than he was mm-hmm. and uh, um, get him back into the mainstream, I'm done with that. I, I think a Tony Todd's going to be in the movie, too. Yeah, I don't think he's the actual Candyman. No, he's going to be some god of voodoo guy or something, I guarantee you. Oh, something yeah. like that. Yeah, I yeah. mean, that's what Tony Todd does. That's his he's, thing, you know? He's so good. Uh, he was my favorite part. about Jace over here, you know? Yeah, like, uh, he's my favorite part of Final Destination, like, of that franchise, where he'd just show up and be like, death is coming. And I'm just like, ah, Tony Todd. He was in, like, all those places, right? Like, every time the kid showed up, he was, like, the fucking janitor in that certain location, right? Or something like that. No, right? no. Well, the first one was dope because he was like a, he was a coroner. Yes, that's right. So, so when he coroner. started, yeah, when he started talking about death and then he got real, like, he's like, death comes for all of us. And I'm just like, ah, Tony Todd, you're so good. <laughs> yeah, so, he, so then what happened to his job? Because I swear I saw him as a janitor. At one point. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. He just, he did just pop up everywhere. Like, if they're like, yo, Tony Todd, be, be a creepy guy. And then he's like, all right. <laughs> he's like, he's like, all right, no problem. He's a man of many talents. He has all these jobs. You know what? Because I'm assuming it's a small community, so they need one person to do everything. Oh yeah, you know? yeah. It's like, yeah, the coroner is the same guy who cleans the gym. You know? <laughs> <laughs> hey man, you know the economy's tough. Hey, dude, you gotta get that money wherever it is, bro. You can't blame it, dude. You gotta do what you gotta do, man. You gotta do it. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, I think um, that's the big horror news in terms of uh, some major upcoming releases um, that I know. I'm not sure if uh, if Nick, you've heard anything about any other gems out there. Yeah, not really. But the same thing with metal, everybody. If you you know if you spot something that might be you know might be of interest to Corsfeed, let us know. We'll you know we'll definitely talk about it. Yeah. Any recommendation you guys have? I'll 
please feel free. I, I'm always looking for new music and new movies, especially new movies. Mm-hmm. There's so many horror movies out there, man. Even on Netflix alone, like you just like on any streaming service alone, whether it's Netflix or Hulu or Amazon or even Shutter, which is just horror exclusive. There's just so many fucking choices, and you don't know what's good and what's not and what to waste your time for, you know? So um, if you guys know about any good shit that would save me a lot of time when I got some free time, please send it my way because there's always a list that I have of stuff that I want to see, but I'll always uh, pay attention to those little gems that people really recommend over the really big mainstream stuff, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, because everybody knows about the big mainstream stuff, but not everybody will take the time to watch a movie that's uh, that's not as, as public and pop and popular out there so yeah guys uh let's let's move on with this fucking corpse train and then let, let's get to um some stuff that i've seen this year man like uh i've seen some whack fucking shit this year <laughs> um yeah uh, i take the blows for you guys i sacrifice my body for you guys and my eyes and ears um i watch this shit so you don't have to so i'm hoping you don't you're not wasting your time watching certain movies that i don't recommend yeah man um, but when but, but when then, horror is bad dude when horror yeah. is bad it's bad oh when yeah. horror is bad it's terrible and trust me i get that you guys want to see it just to see it you know just to see what you think about it but there are some movies man that you just don't want to waste your time man. and for instance one big major disappointment was uh the curse of la llorona um, I had um, being of Spanish descent, you and I, Nick, as well, you especially being of Mexican descent, <laughs> um, we had a little soft spot for La Llorona in our heart. Mm-hmm. And um, and the fact that um, it was part of the Conjuring universe, right? Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. Yeah. Conjuring, maybe. Uh, I don't know how to – the tie-in was very fucking weak. Like, um, the, I, it's it's – it's that whole room, right, that they set up where, uh, where it's like the room that they had Annabelle in, the room that where it's like every little no, thing. No, no, not even. No, not no, dude. The tie-in itself, right, uh-huh. was this one fucking crucifix, this wooden crucifix. That's it. That's it. And and then they show a scene in the movie with um one of the Warrens uh carrying that same crucifix and putting it in their little museum. Yeah, yeah, that's that's, that's what I'm talking yeah. about. Like they. They've established like that's you know remember uh remember Cabin in the Woods, you, yes. you know how that's played for laughs where they come into the room with all the horror objects. Yeah, like yeah, that's exactly. that's the Conjuring universe. So what exactly. what they're always it seems like what you just told me what you just confirmed is like forever from now on they're just gonna pull something out of that room and be like okay this is the tie into the room you know yeah yeah and uh, and we'll talk more about that later because Annabelle three. <laughs> actually deals heavily with that and, and honestly I'm a little excited about it because I haven't seen the first two Annabelle's because I heard they were absolutely trash and did not want to waste my time with them because it looked like shit but yeah this movie in particular The Curse of La Llorona the tie-in was that crucifix that was used during an exorcism and I think the exorcism was botched or something like that or other but um, this movie was fucking trash it was rated R and when you see a rated R rating from the MPAA on a horror movie you fucking giggle a little because you're like, holy shit! What what am I gonna see? What mm-hmm. what can I expect? Because your expectations went up. Because a lot of movies these days are PG thirteen, mm-hmm. j- just to get seats in the you know butts in the seats. But when you see that rated R, that little letter, that R letter on a fucking movie poster, you're like, holy shit! This could be fucking dope. Unfortunately, there are certain things that happen in this movie that make it an R rating, but that's about it. So this movie, um, the curse itself, deals with children dying. So 
that is most certainly the reason this movie was given the rated R. Because when kids fucking die in a horror movie, oh my god, that's that's it. It's a wrap. Let's throw an R there and forget about the fucking story because two kids <laughs> died. But uh, it's like I said in my review, um, you know, kids are people too, Devin. And just because two kids died in a movie doesn't mean you got you got to stop there. You know, bring it on, fucking just keep killing kids. Um, <laughs> this movie, dude, it definitely fucking was just trash. You know, yeah, because um, if, yeah. if you have any excuse to kill kids, it's with Yorona, who is literally, dude, her legend is that she cries until she kids. kills kids. Yeah, <laughs> That's all she does. Is She's like, she wants your children. That's the tagline of the movie itself and the poster. She wants your children. And I'm like, okay, cool, you can have my children. What are you going to do to them? Show me. You know, yeah. and nothing happens. Like there is a couple of creepy parts in the movie um, where the kids encounter her crying in the tunnel. That's a little scary because you have that crying in the background and shit. And then she's talking Spanish, and it, because I understand Spanish, it's a little creepier. Like oh, she's crying. Oh, mijo, mijo. And I'm like, oh, that's fucking, that's scary as shit. <laughs> but they don't do anything with it, and it was very disappointing. You have an R rating already. Why not just try something different? I'm not saying go all out and just fucking massacre a fucking, you know, whole school of children, but that would be pretty fun. But just try something else. Try something that hasn't been tried before. You already are in the R zone. You know what I mean? You can't Mm -hmm. go back down to PG-13, bro. Mm -hmm. So just fucking go all out and do it. And unfortunately, they did not. Uh, So it was very disappointing to see that. I saw it in IMAX. That was... There was nothing IMAX about it. <laughs> uh, so I don't know why that was pimped out in IMAX. And that movie sucked. That movie sucked. There's not much to say about it. I, think I gave it a 2 out of 10 or some shit. But I butchered it, dude. It was gross. Another one that uh, was d- definitely a big disappointment was Hellboy, man. Oh, man. Oh, Hellboy. Dude, fucking Hellboy, dude. It's like we didn't need another Hellboy movie, but you wanted to give us one. Mm-hmm. And you made it look kind of cool. And you got... Uh, the sheriff guy from Stranger Things. Um, Wait, David face? Harbour. David Harbour, correct. Yes. Uh, thank you for that. Um, and he's a cool character, right? Mm-hmm. And he's a cool cat. You would think, you know, the movie would exude some coolness to it. But there were a lot of missteps with that movie. And it was very unfortunate because you had certain things that would have tied it up together to make a good, solid 7 out of 10, you know? Mm-hmm. But you kind of... The filmmakers decided to not do certain things and follow certain plot points that they should have followed. Pretty much they threw everything from a Hellboy comic book into the fucking movie. And nothing really stuck to the wall, you know? Yeah, it sucks because that movie has a lot of good designs in it. A lot of cool ideas. Yes! Like, yes, uh, like, like Baba Yaga. Yes, the because, Baba Yaga creature design alone was yeah, fucking gnarly, dude. Yeah, because it was like, it's super good CG. Because I can't tell when they, they mix in like the real like the real prosthetic version. Like, um, or is it even like a real, like, did they even have like a, like a real physical Baba Yaga thing. I think, I think I think Doug Jones might have actually played Baba Yaga. Yeah, because, like, it's so wild. Cause it, it, I was just like, this is too... It looks too good to be CG, but it also yeah. didn't look, like... It didn't look completely, like... Um, practical, right? Yeah, it didn't look like yeah. it was practical effects. Like, it... It was just super cool, and it's one of those things where Baba Yaga shows up, it's neat, and I'm like, why didn't we get more of that? <laughs> like, isn't there, like, a scene in the exactly. beginning, too? Like, it, Baba Yaga is set up as, like, the main villain in the beginning, but then they do nothing with it. 
No, but it's like the same thing with the Blood Queen. Like, you see this Blood Queen, um, and supposedly she's supposed to be a threat, but it was very poorly done in terms of, like, the amount of threat. You get the... Uh, you get the sense of her powers at the end when she opens up hell and gets those demons up, which is actually one of the best parts of the movie. And I wish they would have extended that a lot more. Uh, those demons were so cool. Was, those demons were fucking cool. They were super, like, they were just fucking designed really well, and all of them were fucking different. Mm-hmm. The, um, and the details that each of the different demons had was pretty awesome, man. Like, one of them had, like, spiky legs that would stab people as he was walking, mm-hmm. right? And then one of them had, like, uh, well, like, like, an axe for an arm or some shit. Oh, a whole bunch of crazy demon-looking shit, but that was dope. Um, and then it was awesome when they were wreaking havoc around the whole, I think it was France or some shit like that. Mm-hmm. Um, they were just killing people left and right, but then it was short-lived, you know, because it was, everything was so anticlimactic that once you got that, Hellboy did his thing. He got to the Blood Queen, killed her off again, and then everybody went back to hell. It was very anticlimactic, and I wish they would have focused more on one thing or another. I did like that um, that society that called him into, uh, into Europe, mm-hmm. and they fucking stabbed the hell out of that dude. Like, they legit posed a bigger threat to him than the Blood Queen, and because the Blood Queen was more of a... Of a, a world disaster instead of just an impact on on Hellboy, but the way they were going in Hellboy seemed to be more of uh, a focus on the individual character, which would have served him well to have this adversary that knows his father, that actually found him when when he was still like a little demon baby mm-hmm. and saw him grow up. That would have been a more interesting angle in terms of um, um, an antagonist, but you know. What do we know, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, the box office said it all, man. It just really underperformed. It, I, think it, a, I think it did yeah, worse than the than the original one. So. That planned sequel, uh, they teased uh, um, Abe Sapien at the end. That's not going to happen. They're like, yeah, Abe Sapien, you're going to stay in that tank the whole fucking time, right? Ooh. You're not coming out. Don't you hate when that happens, too? It's like, can you imagine if, like, Hellboy was good? It just didn't, like, it didn't get the, the numbers. And so... What if we were excited to see Abe and then it just never... I, I hate that, man. You know what? Yes, it, that would be disappointing. But at least we got a good movie out of it, you know? Yeah, that's true. Uh, we didn't get a fucking shit out of this one. It sucked. And it, and it sucks because, like, David Harbour's Hellboy, I feel... I grew to actually like him as Hellboy. It wasn't an immediate thing because... Mm-hmm. You had to get accustomed to the fact that he was a smaller in stature than the other Hellboy. Mm-hmm. Um, and they did a lot of close-ups of yeah. his character, which kind of threw me off a bit because I wasn't used to the prosthetics and the way he looks. He's like a battle-damaged Hellboy. But mm-hmm. it was too many close-ups, and it was a little freaky to get accustomed to him. But then when he got into it and when you saw the actual David Harbour personality, his character in Stranger Things, pretty much his personality came out a little bit through Hellboy. And that's the kind of actor he is. If you've seen all his previous roles in movies before, he's that kind of, you know, that good old American tough guy, you know, that we all love to, you know, to to root for, you know. And uh, it it started coming out a little bit towards the end of the movie, but it took me too long to like the character. I was not interested in any of the characters until the very end where he actually had that team up. With that Jaguar dude. Yep. And the fucking chick. That was actually pretty dope. I'm like, yo, if you gave me that at the beginning of the movie, I would have been, I would have bought into it more. But you didn't. You gave me this stupid scene in Mexico where he had to find his ex-partner who became a vampire or some shit. 
And it was just weird seeing him off the bat, like, just take off his clothes and you see the prosthetics already. You're like, oh, that's weird. Uh, his arm looks smaller, too. The right hand of Doom looks smaller than usual. It wasn't as threatening. And they didn't focus a lot on that hand either, man, which is weird. Yeah, there was there was a lot of, like, little lower budget touches that, like, <laughs> definitely, like, it feels like the movie was underserved. It, it sounds like when when somebody pitched a Hellboy reboot, I feel like it started out with good intentions. You know, yeah, the idea yeah, totally. like the idea is sound. They're like, oh, we're gonna adapt it uh, differently than Del Toro and have it more based in like what actually happens in the comics than like the themes. And like, because Del Toro went more towards like the thematic nature, of, like you know, of the story and yes, of Hellboy. Yes. He went more intro, yeah. He went yeah. more like introspective, and yes. this one was like, oh, well, let's highlight all the weirdness, all the action, all like the you know the fun stuff in Hellboy, you know. And the idea was there, just you know, along the way, it just didn't work out. Didn't get the money. They you know they had too many ideas. No one was there to like edit. It, it was just. Uh. You know what though? Like I was, I had some higher expectations, also because the director. Um, Neil Marshall was the guy behind uh, Dog Soldiers and The Descent, um, mm-hmm. which are uh, two of my favorite horror movies, especially The Descent. The Descent awesome. is good. Yeah, it's very good. The, the sequel is trash. It was not needed. I don't know why they made one. But um, uh, he also did, um, I think, uh, Doomsday, I think, also. That was underrated. I actually dug Doomsday. And which one else? He did one with, with Fassbender. It was like a Roman soldier. Oh, The Centurion, I think, as well. Oh, um, yeah, that was good. Yeah, but Neil Marshall is it's a good director, so I had some kind of hope. But you know, when the story shit, you know, you can't really do much at all. So, you know, womp, womp. <laughs> well, let's let's talk about the well. Uh, I guess before we you know before we get into the good stuff, I, I guess you know we got to talk about the elephant in the room, or I mean like. The, the kaiju in the room, right? The lizard in the room? <laughs> like, the the big freaking radioactive dinosaur in the room. Fucking yeah. Godzilla! <laughs> Godzilla King of the Monsters, Arturo. Uh, so, uh, your review um, was divisive at best. Let's oh, just say yeah, it's, dude, it's got, gotten a strong response. <laughs> dude, I got, yeah, I, I got roasted a little bit on Facebook about it, but I stand by my guns, man. I stick by my guns on this one. Um, and I'm not the only one who feels that way. You know, if you go out there and look at other reviews and stuff like that, there are other people it's who feel the same way and who don't. It's been very polarizing. It's mm-hmm. either you fucking love this thing or you don't like it at all. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no in-between. Um, I've read a lot of reviews as well. I've done a lot of digging into, uh, into the reviews and the reviewers and the critics and stuff like that. And it's a very divisive movie, very polarizing, as they say. Honestly, like, I gave the review another read before I posted it. I thought a a lot about the movie, Mm -hmm. but what totally solidified my review was when I was trying to find a good picture for my review. You know, how I have, everyone knows how I have a picture of the movie out there, or a couple pictures between the, you know, the actual words and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But every fucking picture I found of this movie looked fucking terrible dude like i was looking because usually i put high quality images obviously Mm -hmm. um that way everybody gets the best detail work there but 
every picture I saw, dude, that uh, didn't have a human in it was just like, hey, is there a filter on this thing? Is there, is this blurry? Is this fuzzy? But then, no, it's like a fucking 24 by, a 2400 by 2400 image, which just looks very muddy and muddled. And that's exactly how the fights look, man. Why did it have to fucking rain all the goddamn time, dude? <laughs> the world was ending, Arturo. Yeah, always but, rains. Yeah, the world was ending, <laughs> but like, you know, these, it's not like the creatures were doing harm to the Earth core or something. You or know, changing its axis or atmosphere. It, it sucks, because, like, you, you point this out, and it makes me think of the cool-ass Rodan scene. That scene is fantastic. You know, when Rodan busts out of the volcano, and then yeah. everybody starts blowing away, and then he's on fire. Like, that Again, stuff, that stuff is fantastic. I agree. Again, people have to understand that when I watch a movie, I'm watching it for the full experience, the, mm-hmm. the story, the, the graphics, the practical effects, the acting, everything involved makes a movie to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just can't, you know say, oh, I'm just going to go see it for the graphics. I'm like, no, dude, I'm good off that. For that, I'd rather see go, I'd rather go see Sucker Punch, right? Am, am I right? Am yeah, I right? yeah. if you're just seeing a movie for for the production value, it, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, uh, it, it needs something to keep you there. Exactly. But then when it takes you to those battles, when they're monsters by themselves on screen, they look fantastic. It looks fucking great. When, uh, when Ghidorah fucking broke through the ice and mm-hmm. he was just there and he was about to like just burst his fucking yellow electric flame on these fucking soldiers, like that looks awesome, dude. Mm-hmm. But it seems like when they got together on the same screen, these monsters, things got a little muddled up and confusing to look at. I really dug when a, a Ghidorah actually beat Godzilla the first time around and then did that fucking primal scream on top of the volcano or mountain, right. whatever it was. And then all these other monsters woke up. That was fucking great. Because you saw King Kong. You saw Mothra there. You saw Rodan. You saw all these monsters coming up from the Earth. And that was dope. Um, But it just seemed to be like when all these monsters are battling it out together on screen, they just – it was very poorly done. It was like watching the dragon fight in episode three of season eight of Game of Thrones. Yeah. I mean – it was you got that same feeling. You were trying to figure out exactly what was going on on the screen. It was very loud. It was very bright. You had a lot of crackling of sound, a lot of crackling of light, and just like a lot of flashes. Yeah. And it was just very disappointing because when you got to those fights, there wasn't really a lot of heart behind them. You just kind of like, okay, cool, they're fighting, but it didn't feel satisfactory. And that's the problem I had. That's the story. They give you so much of the shitty fucking story before all the action starts. That by the time the action starts, you're expecting to get kind of won over again. But then again, they keep including and throwing the stupid story at you. Yeah. It's really weird because um, people talk about like Godzilla 2014 for that problem. You know, where it's like, oh, it always cuts away from Godzilla and shows the humans. But, but that's like, the way it was supposed to be. They had, they yeah. had a, a Cloverfield-esque kind of vibe to it. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, like, opinions on that aside, it's at least when it cuts away from the Godzilla action, like, it has a purpose. Like, it's like, it's not about the Godzilla action. Yes, it's about exactly. the world adjusting to the fact that, holy crap, there's a thing here. You know, it's one yeah. of those things. And, like, you thought the plot armor was bad in the first movie. This movie is just like full on, like the humans are right in the middle of battles. So it makes less sense for the battles to get cut away 
you know, to, to the human story when it's like all about these battles now. It's not about, oh, these things exist. It's like, oh, these things want to fight each other. Or as like, or as, um, as uh, Kyle Chandler's character puts it, he's like, they're either here to fight, was it fly, or like do something more intimate. And I'm like, oh, you already used your F bomb. You know, because PG 13 movies get one F bomb. Right? You only get one. That's how Spider Man says. And O'Shea right. Jackson uses it uh, when King Ghidorah shows up. And I was like, yeah, this is fine, but that would have been the perfect time to drop it in there. And I would have been like, yeah. cool. You know, the, that's your F bomb. But I would have taken a dumbed-down, simple little story, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, um, that doesn't take over the whole thing. But you know what it is, too? I think because they had the quality actors, they wanted to yeah. try some kind of story. But you don't need that. Yeah, you it sucks, because you have, you have a lot of, like, grade-A talent doing, like, uh, they're doing their best trash. with, like, a trash script. Like, it's and they're lit- doing trash, bro. And, yeah. and like... Uh, as you said it best, uh, the actress, uh, uh, Sally Hawkins, right? She gets taken out by, what was it, like a falling pillar or something. Yeah, like she didn't, she didn't even want to be in the rest of the movie. No, she's like, listen, <laughs> it's like, listen, I'm about to do Paddington 3, okay? Let's fucking kill me right now because I don't got time for this shit. Yeah, this, it, this you, is trash. You can I'm tell. An, I'm an Oscar winner over here. Yeah, like, and Ken Watanabe was like, no, I'm going to die in this movie. Like, I mean. It's like, no, I, I, I'm going. I'm gonna be the last samurai. I'm, I'm good. And like Vera Farmiga, she she dies in a dumb way, but like even she was like, "No, nah, I'm good." <laughs> so it's, oh, one, it's one of those things where it's like you have all this grade A talent, but it's like you have a they're not doing anything. It's it's all running around, and you know it's. I get that they're they're trying to establish like oh all these monsters are coming up, but it's like do, did you need all the all the influence. Yeah, like, you didn't need all that fucking drama, dude. You really don't. Like, honestly... You did not need that drama, man. It's you, very disappointing. We got so much drama and not enough fucking action. Yeah, and even then, like, the drama sounds like a good idea at first. Like, a, a father, you know, and a mother and a daughter all split up during, like, this all this crazy shit. Sounds like a good idea, right? But then, you know, then it's like the mother's trying to trying to awaken all the kaiju, and then the other one's like, what are you, crazy? But then he's Dude. got a past with the, like, monarch, they both do, and it's like... It's fucking stupid, and then this woman <laughs> consistently puts her daughter in danger. Yeah, she makes and, like, really weird knowingly, decisions. Knowingly keeps her daughter in danger. And like, no, I'm gonna go hang out with this eco-terrorist, you know what I mean? Yeah. And- <laughs> My daughter's coming along, too. Fuck you guys, alright? Yeah, and, you know, there's no family chemistry, you know, when no, they finally not. get together, and you're, you know, so it's hard to care. <laughs> it's no, just- no, like, I, I think the daughter had more of a chemistry with the email she was writing to her dad. <laughs> her on-screen Bobby. Yeah, that's, that's what sucks, man. Billy Bobby Brown, she's great, you know, great talent, great young talent that, like, I'm sure she's gonna be great in Stranger Things 3, but, like, this is just, ooh, I wish this wasn't your first big, like, movie. You know? I'm glad she's still young. I'm glad she's still, what is she, like, 15 or 16? Yeah, she she, of time she's to gonna up. bounce back from this. Like, definitely. Yeah, big time. Like, this is gonna be forgotten in July when Stranger Things Season 3 comes out anyway. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, Godzilla was a big disappointment, and and trust me, I understand you Godzilla hardcore fans out there. the The monsters look cool, the action look cool, and all that stuff. But honestly, dude, like, um, I want to watch a whole entire movie. I'm paying for the whole experience, right. not just for these little bits and scenes. Like, like you mentioned uh, to one of our buddies, Nick. Like, 
you can watch it on YouTube in a year with all the all the monster scenes, pretty much. Yeah, you know? and, and you'll be satisfied. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where it's like if you like the monster action, cool. But it's like, shouldn't you want more of it and better? Like his, you know, the the scenes could be laid out better. The you know, it's just it's storyboarded weird. Like the fights kind of make no sense. Yeah, uh, and and then it's it sucks when they make no sense. It's kind of like when you watch an action scene, right? You watch like let's say you watch John Wick. You can see like John Wick. Um, in John Wick 2, he kills the guy with a pencil. You see him set up every little step of that pencil kill, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's one of those things where it's like, that That means a scene is discernible, that means you, you have a point of view, you have something to focus on, and then you get the result. And here, it's like, you know, what is Godzilla doing? Oh, he's shooting a, like... That's what I'm saying. Some of it's cool. Like, some of it lands well when Ghidorah does that, like, big lightning show... Where it like yeah, absorbs yeah. like the electric attack and it does the lightning show. That's cool. Yeah, that shit was pretty cool. When it drops Godzilla to Earth, that's cool. Like, yeah, dude, that was cool too. Shit, but 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 again, like it, it's like I said, like I'm not denying the cool visuals. Mm-hmm, you know what I mean, but, but they come after this bogged down story. Yeah, it's that, just not worth it. It's it's, it's not. It's a worse feeling than Godzilla 2014 because, like we said, like at least Godzilla was trying something. Like, it's, at least Godzilla 2014 was like, oh, this is, we're establishing that this thing is super huge and super weird and super dangerous, you know, and here it's like, oh, the monsters are are battling each other now, and it's like, okay, shouldn't we see these battles, you know, it's, it's so, oh, man. (laughs) This might be the kind of movie that looks better at the second time around when you watch it on your TV screen. Yeah. um, because the aspect and the scale of things is much smaller on your TV screen, it might translate a little better. Um, I saw it in IMAX. I thought I was going to be in for a fucking awesome experience, and I just was in for just a boring light show, honestly. Um, and it was disappointing, man, because it looked really fucking cool. And I had a lot of hopes for this movie. Um, mm-hmm. And again, a fucking a genre darling director fucking gets traveled over because of uh, you know big budget um yeah, michael doherty director, um uh, michael doherty uh, i believe is his name uh he was the guy who directed uh krampus and trick-or-treat bro those are two awesome they are fucking excellent. horror movies that um that are small in scale right but just big in terms of story mm-hmm. like krampus for example krampus who the fuck thought krampus was gonna be good dude? it's so good and that's right? another example of like he, you know, he worked with like a good cast, like a random, yes. a randomly good cast. Like it's yep. one of those things where it's like, oh, I didn't expect to see all of you in here. And it just, Tony Collette's in it, and then you have um, um, uh, you have Adam Scott. You have yeah, Adam Scott. Yeah, it's it's crazy how good Krampus is, and it's the same thing with Trick or Treat, where it's like you don't you ex- I expected nothing. Like I, it was it was legitimately just I think. Uh, I think I just saw it one day. Uh, I don't remember how. It must have been like VOD or something. And it yeah, just, I yep. just saw it. I was just, oh, wow, this movie's great. <laughs> Dude, I saw that movie when Netflix was still shipping out DVDs, my man. Oh, man. Yes. Yes. I, Dude, I used to get all those horror movies on DVDs from Netflix back in the day. So I know, <laughs> see, again, the evolution of just media alone is fucking, like, crazy, dude. Like, I was getting dvds 
from Netflix every like two three days and shit, mm-hmm. watching them returning them back. Now you're just fucking searching on your PlayStation or your phone for a fucking movie. But uh, whatever, that's a different conversation. But um, but yeah, um, wrapping up Godzilla. Um, uh, I wish they would have focused a little bit more on the action and done a, a simpler storyline. Mm-hmm. Um, that would have been best. I feel bad for Michael Dougherty. Being that this is his first big budget movie, but then again, as we discussed, not every director can handle a big budget. But again, um, I think he also had a hand in the script, so he's still kind of at fault. Well, um, it, that's the thing. Like, it's it's kind of the Marvel problem, right? Where it's like you know you have a big you have a big budget and you have a lot of hands in it. So it's one of those things where it's like he could be. You know the I don't I don't want to place all the blame completely on him. Let me just no say no no of course no. There's other people involved in the, and uh, uh, and in their credits you can see everyone who's involved. That's all their <laughs> fault. Everyone in the credits is involved. And this is all their fault. Um, but like you brought up, for example, you brought up Marvel. For example, this is it's it's not horror, but Marvel in terms of Marvel. They can take small directors, but they guide them because they have a blueprint for all for for everything they actually want to do. Yeah. But these other studios. Uh, grab a Gareth Edwards or a Michael Dougherty, you know, and then they give them this fucking script, and here you go, make us this movie because you're an indie darling. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like uh, it doesn't work that way. <laughs> but um, but yeah, dude, Godzilla was a disappointment. Um, I mean, I'm hoping I I'm hoping Godzilla versus Kong is better. It's coming out next yes. year, so let's um, just. I was pretty hyped to see King Kong on the screen again because I was definitely a fan of Skull Island. That movie's fucking dope. I love. Um, the King Kong um, design and his size is fucking massive. Like that's a good way to do it. Just go cheesy. Like go for broke. Just fucking, like do a dumb story. Throw some funny lines in there. Throw some like you know. Throw Samuel Jackson in there. Right. Yeah, just put. <laughs> 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 I know. Too bad they already used him, right? Like it's one of those things they can't bring him back. Yeah, he's but, dead. Yeah, but like, yeah, like I hope Godzilla vs. Kong takes that into account and they just go for it. Give us like honestly, if Avengers can give us like thirty minutes of a fight and none of us really realize it, why not ki- like why not this movie? Why not yeah. God- like why didn't we get like thirty minutes of Godzilla fighting like and then Mothra dies in like two seconds? You yeah, know? dude. What the fuck? <laughs> That's ugh. let's let's talk about good stuff, Arturo. Yeah, dude. Let's talk about good stuff, man. Let's talk about let's start in tears. Like first, the first one I'm gonna bring up is um, on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Um, this series called Black Summer. It's uh, made, believe it or not, by um, the Asylum Studio, the people who bought you Sharknado. Oh. Um, yeah, I know. I was reading about that, and I'm like, oh, should I waste my time with this? But um, I was reading about it. It was the same creators of the sci-fi show Z Nation, mm-hmm. um, who, uh, because it's with the Asylum, that show has a, a certain tone that's a bit more comedic, a bit more lighthearted. Mm-hmm. Um, but the creators actually wanted to drop all that silliness and do a serious, like, zombie shit. And you know what? This little show, it's like eight episodes long, 24 minutes an episode. Ooh. This shit was fucking on point, dude. It was really good. Ooh, they're, um, they're not an hour long? That's already, no, that's already no, a big plus, man. Dude, that's why I got into it. Because I was like, oh, like... The first episode, the pilot, I think it was like 40 minutes, if that. But mm-hmm. then everything else, 23 minutes, 24 minutes. It was so accessible. And then it pretty much follows all these people. You just get thrown into 
the outbreak, right? Pretty much. So mm-hmm. when you get introduced to these characters, they're already running for their lives from you know the zombies, and then they're trying to evacuate the neighborhood. And then this the story uh, revolves around this one woman um, played by Jamie King. Um, she lost her daughter got on an evacuation truck from the army, mm-hmm. but because her husband was injured, she stayed back and they didn't let them go. Um, so the, the story goes from there, right? The husband turns, obviously he becomes a zombie and shit, but that has nothing to do with the main story. But now she has to find a way to get her daughter back. That's pretty much the premise of it. So mm-hmm. she encounters and meets all these different kinds of people from all walks of life that just band together throughout this whole experience to actually, um, get to the stadium where there's supposedly like a safe haven there's army and stuff like that there mm-hmm. um and it's very well done dude like it reminded me a lot of a, a of a 28 weeks later um especially in the latter part of the season there's like this city showdown where there's tons of zombies and they have guns and it's like a fucking video game it's awesome i highly recommend it it's an easy watch it's very accessible it's um it has very good acting in it actually like everyone involved um, there's a lot of unknown characters, I mean, unknown actors, mm-hmm. um, to me, unknown actors to me, but they've, uh, after all my research, they've done like little shows and stuff like that. But I, these people like gave it their all and made each one of their characters very realistic. Um, and it, it shows, man, like they go through hell pretty much to help this woman get her daughter back. And it's fucking great. It takes this one character. She's, uh, I think she's Korean or Japanese, but she, oh, she only speaks Korean mm. or Japanese, whatever it is. But she's of, uh, she, she's of Asian descent and all she can speak is her own language. Mm-hmm. And then that's all she speaks the whole time. She s- speaks a little English here and there, but then she's traveling with the Spanish dude um, who like, you know, they become friends because he kind of, understands her a little bit even though she's talking a different language and they go through fucking hell and then they all congregate at this one diner where everyone meets and all those stories come together there um in like this fifth or sixth episode and it's very well done i highly recommend it um it's not funny at all it doesn't have any of that asylum bullshit Mm -hmm. i was very worried it would be a sharknado kind of you know goof off kind of shit i'm not a fan of that kind of stuff um i know i've spoken to nick about it in the past like i don't like that that b-movie slapstick kind of shit in my horror i don't um i'm a more of the serious kind of horror guy and black summer definitely delivers so if you're looking for a quick little show to binge watch after the ending of game of thrones or whatever other shows i'm <laughs> showing i highly recommend black summer nice. um it's, again it's eight episodes long it's a zombie fucking mo- uh, show and you won't be disappointed especially when it comes to the last a, a couple episodes it's like a shootout in this very tight gridded city so everything is very tight you know what i mean like mm-hmm. um like I said, it's very reminiscent of that scene in 28 Weeks Later where Jeremy Renner has to be the sniper on the roof and he has to take out these people, mm-hmm. right? It reminds me of that. That's how – it's like very close quarters, you know? Oh, cool. Yeah, very impressive. Very dope to see. It's fun to watch. You, you never really got bored of it because um, they did a good job transitioning from character to character. And, every, and then they tie the characters together and every one of these characters is just – they just made them interesting and just watchable and it did a good job of that so i definitely had to send a big kudos out to the asylum for that because um, mm. i expect i expected kind of b movie shit from them that's what they always put out um but this was very impressive and i really dig it uh nick you should go see it if cool. you haven't yet 
uh, Black Summer on Netflix. But next up, um, we will talk about this one movie uh, called The Hole in the Ground. It's uh, It was a VOD movie, so you definitely couldn't watch this in theaters. But again, as I've said in the past, and I've said in, in my reviews, when you see the A24 brand on that thing, you know you're about to watch something a little special. That's the same thing with Hole in the Ground. This movie um, takes place in Ireland. about a mother um, who wants to start a new life with her son. And one day her son gets lost in the woods. And they find this hole, this major crater in the fucking, in the middle of the forest. Where the mother suspects something a little vile and evil going down in that hole. And then one night her son disappears right mm-hmm. and then she starts happening where the mother is like wait a minute this is not my son it's like a changeling-esque type of vibe going on and you find out watching the movie that wait a minute this is not like it's not one of those babadook kind of situations where it's um a metaphor for something it's like no shit's really going down but it seems like it seems like in one way you can you can kind of you can kind of make it so like oh maybe it's the mother being unhinged after you know this a separation from her husband and blah 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 but it's like no dude like shit is really fucking going down in this forest and it's really surprising um the ending of the movie is really good the story of the mother and the, and the child are really good the action that happens in the movie in terms of the third act the, the, the climatic scene of this movie is actually pretty darn excellent and the ending like i said is good it's it's a really well-made movie again it's a24 branded so i expect nothing less uh from an a24 movie and the hole in the ground definitely lived up to the the brand um awesome. it was yeah, dude, it was well acted. Um, I think, uh, who was it? The lady has neighbors who have experienced the same thing before. They had a son that the same thing kind of happened to them. And the village or the town thought that, um, like, the lady went crazy and killed her kid and shit. But there was a reason why they killed the son. But uh, it's a good movie. I don't want to spoil it anymore because it's just so intricate in terms of plot. And anything I say can definitely spoil it. Um, this one in particular, I don't want to spoil. It's a good movie. Um, if you guys haven't seen it out there, go watch it. I highly recommend it. I'll probably spoil it on months down the line when I do my like end of the year kind of shit. But uh, Hole in the Ground was very surprising. It's very good. Go watch it. Hole in the Ground, people. Or as I titled it in my review, that hole over there. <laughs> no. No. It's <laughs> terrible. Uh. <laughs> I, I asked my wife. I was like, hey, babe, um, uh, what do you think of this title for this movie review? And she was like, "No, it's terrible." And, and I was like, "And I was like, I was like, I wanted something fun with the word hole in it." Um, and uh, that was uh, after I threw a couple more options that I totally forgot. She was like, "No, that's the best option. You can use, you can use that one." Uh, so yeah, that hole in the ground uh, at coursefeet.com slash that hole in the ground. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so the last um, stud that I want to bring up is Ma. Yes. Uh, out of nowhere, Blumhouse gives us a nice little fucking gem. Yo, that, uh, un- little, that little detour, though. Little detour. Yeah, uh, sure. Blumhouse. So yeah. they they are one of the few companies that's still, like, they're, they're doing, like, mid-budget horror and... Like and it's releasing the theaters. It's kind of like A twenty four, where they do the indie movies and then they occasionally like distribute like the horror ones. But it's like Blumhouse is like all mid budget horror, and they just go for it, man. I I appreciate it. 
Dude, yeah, it's great. You know what's great about it, too? That uh, because they just go for it, they hit it a couple times. And with those movies that, that actually shine, they fund the rest of their, you know, a creative projects, which mm-hmm. is pretty dope. It's a, it's a great fucking blueprint they have over there. Like, Blumhouse is like, Blumhouse is doing it, bro. Like, they have no fear in terms of putting stuff out there. It can be shitty. Um, it can be great, but they are putting it out there and that's yeah. what you need. Like there's a lot of shitty horror out there and there's a lot of really good horror out there. Um, but you have to, you know, sift through the shit in order to get to the good stuff. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, that's the way it is. But when they give you like, for instance, right, they gave us us, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't know where they got the get out and the us combination, which brought them tons of attention. It brought them a fucking Oscar mm-hmm. as well. If you think about it, they did the insidious stuff. They did the purge. They did glass and split. They, they did, did uh, uh, their big one. Their big, big one was uh, paranormal activity back in yes. the day. Like that's, what, that's, yep. that's what blew them up. Like, and then yep. from there it was just like, you know, from there it's like, um, let's do, let's do the Ouija movie. Let's do, <laughs> let's Dude, do. Ouija 2 was fucking great. Though. Ouija 2 is great. Let's do, Ouija uh, was great. unfriended. Oh, they, they, uh, they did, um, oh yeah, that's terrible. They did, um, uh, <laughs> Uh, the Happy Death Day series, which I've actually grown to enjoy thoroughly. Yeah, it's a good. It's that's a fun fucking movie, dude. At yeah, because they, they, they no just go for it. it. Yeah, it's dude, just... exactly. It's such a crazy premise that you're like, fuck it. But then the actors make it work. Good job. And and the sequel came out this year as well, and and it was pretty fucking dope too, man. I like the way they actually. Um, I liked what they did with that. Um, yeah, oh shit! Did you know that uh, the movie The Gift from 2015? Have you seen the gift? Yeah, it's that one with uh, a. <laughs> I was gonna Joel say. Anderson. I was gonna say Joel Osteen, but Joel Osteen is that that priest guy. <laughs> oh, what the fuck is that? I was thinking Joel Osteen, Joel Osteen, whatever. Let's let's move past yeah. this. But uh, yeah, but uh, Ma, dude. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that was a good movie, but yeah. But back to uh, Blumhouse. Blumhouse doing a good shit, and they keep the trend going with mm-hmm. the movie Ma. Mm-hmm. Um. What'd you think about Monic? So, uh, it's, it's one of those things where they just go for it. And I was, I was in because it's, there's no, there's no pretense in the premise. Like, you know, there's no like, oh, is she crazy? It's like right away. It's like, nah, this lady's crazy. You know, this lady's, this lady's wildin' like already off the bat. And I appreciate that. There's no like, there's no, you know, slow buildup. There's no like, oh, you know, now she's starting to act weirder, you know, but it's like, no, she's acting like she, you know, it's basically what you see in the trailers, but you get that right away. And it's very refreshing just to like, just start out with it. And then it works because, you know, these kids are all like, they're literal children. I, you know, when they age the main girl, I, I know she's not like 16, but when they say she's 16, I was like, oh, I believe it. You believe it, dude. You believe it. I, um, I wholeheartedly agree with that. Like, I stressed in my review the acting in this movie. Yeah. I think this is the acting is what actually makes this a solid film. Um, they got everything they could squeeze out of. You know these actors and their talent. Um, for instance, Octavia Spencer, Oscar oh, winner. She, um, yeah, you can tell she's having so much fun, dude. dude 
She's so good. Um, in every scene she's in, the range of emotions that you can see on her face is mm-hmm. ridiculous. She's tapping like, into something, man. I don't know what dude, it is, but she's she's going all she's tapping into her like inner Kathy Bates, you know? Dude, absolute misery, <laughs> though, right? Like legit. Uh, but it was very impressive because even um, when uh, you saw her in the first scene when she's buying the liquor, like mm-hmm. she has this face of happiness, but then all of a sudden there's this like this dread behind her eyes and this worriness and this like kind of like intense like look in her eyes mm-hmm. that you're like holy shit and like honestly i am glad that she was able to flex her acting muscles because this movie definitely needed her to do that to be able to succeed and, and like i mentioned before every sequence she's in she displays a uh, a wide range of emotions that right. that make it even more so that this woman is not okay. Um, she goes from happy to sad to really straight. There's this one uh, point in the in the basement where she's just staring off at the group of kids. And and then, like, Maggie, the main um, girl, she sees that. She's like, what the fuck? Yeah. And, isn't yeah. that isn't that so refreshing too that these yes. kids these kids are also like yeah they're stupid teenagers but it's also like their choices kind of make sense because it's like yes. oh when you're a teenager you're invincible right and you're just like oh okay well you know you have no no care in the world let's go party in this lady's basement you know but yes. then then you have one kid going hey wait a minute <laughs> it's, like, it's like yo we don't even know this lady and yeah. I'm like, he's right yeah he's, he's right he's right and then you know Maggie from the get go is like looking at her funny she's like wait a minute this is weird and that's so like it's so refreshing and then once once ma gets weird like weirder you know once she starts shifting you know then they make appropriate decisions to like avoid her but then you know then they party because they're dumb kids so it's like it's so it's so refreshing that there's just like everyone's just it it seems like everyone's got their heart in this yeah dude like I agree 100% like and the Let's go back to those dumb kids. Like, <laughs> I really like the fact that yeah. So it was very refreshing to see um uh the kids in the movie, man. Like, like um for example, the kids look like teenagers, bro. Yeah. Um, like one of the girls looks a little bit older than the filthy chick, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I forgot what her name was. Haley, I think it was. Um, she looked a little bit older, but still, she acted like a fucking teenager. Right. Um, and what really got me as well with the acting was when Maggie. Like, kind of had that crush on the boy. Mm-hmm. And she was talking to her mom. And, you know, she looked like a girl, like a teenage girl who just, you know, has a crush. And that's, it, it was like a genuine feeling that she had that kind of radiated her age. Um, and uh, that was, that was awesome, man. I really, I really enjoyed the acting of that. And, uh, and Juliette Lewis, man, we got to give her props to, like, she did well with this role. Um, usually you're not, you don't expect much of Juliette Lewis, especially of recent memory. Um, back in the day, she did her thing with Natural Born Killers and Dust Till Dawn and stuff like that. But right. um, you don't really expect, uh, you know, uh, a solid performance like we just saw in Ma with Juliette Lewis. But, for instance, the scene in the casino where she realizes that uh, she just saw her, her, you know, her old classmates from high school. Yeah, isn't that just, like, that's just a nice little character yes, moment. Like, yes, it's one of those things where it's like, you didn't need that in there, but it's also, like, I didn't mind because it was just building this world and yeah, it's building and the it, relationships. And it, and it built the character and it showed you that, that the woman 
has pride in herself. Mm-hmm. She, she's not some deadbeat mom who's taking some waitress job at a casino. You know, she's doing it because she has no other choice, probably. Right. And it, and it shows in that one scene that she feels um, humiliated and she feels utter like disappointment in being seen like that. And that gives credit to her role as, as being a good person and a good mother. Mm-hmm. She cares what, you know, she cares about her her perception and how people perceive her. Um, and that was, and that was great, man. I really liked that. Um, and that scene with her and, and Octavia Spencer in the liquor store, when she confronts her, like, yeah. you know, she blows up and gets all serious. That I was really good acting by Juliette Lewis. I was really surprised about that. Um, but this movie, um, and then when it gets to the nitty gritty, bro, it gets to the fucking nitty gritty. Yeah. Like that's the Shit. thing. Like the, the, I feel like the payoff is completely earned. You know, like when when the when the switch finally flips, I'm like, oh, I'm all in for whatever she's doing because it's like it's kind of immediate. Like she runs over someone with a car. And, oh, dude, yes. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, Galaxy Quest. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, <laughs> R&B, you know, but it's you know, and then before that, you have that really good scene of like where she breaks down crying, and then it's like there's you know how some horror movies would have explained it at the climax. Like why she's so you know why she's so little a little bit tweaked. Yeah, you know, no, this took this, it took this its took time. time. It took yeah, its time. The course of the movie, yep. Yeah, we watched we watched Ma like evolve into the the monster she is at the end, and it's just a it's a slow progression. But from the very beginning, you're like you're right there with it. You're like okay, something is different about her. And, and then it's it, crazy though, bro. Like it's crazy how. When you see the reveal and stuff, there's sympathy, you mm-hmm. know what I mean, for this character that you know is fucking crazy up there, you know? Like, there's a little bit of sympathy before you hit the climax, where you're like, holy shit, like, you know, this, you know, she was treated like shit. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can kind of see why she's a little crazy, but then, you know, they take it another notch and they show her daughter. Right, yeah, <laughs> that's so... That was just a, like, it's one of those things, like, in a lesser horror movie, I would have been like, why are they doing this? But here, I was just like, I was all in. I was like, oh, now she's got this additional layer of, additional layer of insanity. You know, like, it's, it's wild what she's doing to her daughter, but it's like, it all be, it's all because she's like, she's messed up. (laughs) Like, she, she got tweaked as a kid and now it's like everything. You know, and it's, you know, and then the climax goes in a way you don't expect. Like, it's so, it, it's so, it's just good, man. Like, it's it's really good. Like, it's so surprising. Yes. When they all wake up tied up in the basement, um, and then she wants to recreate this photo from her high school yearbook and she, she uses a hot iron on a dude's chest. Yeah. She sews the mouth of one of the girls. She paints the black kid's face all white. white yeah, because she says cause there's only there's only room for one of us. Yeah, and I was like, oh man, that's, that's such, hardcore, bro. And see, like that's a good additional layer when you're yes. like, it's just like wait, it's it's wild because like you don't expect it from a movie like this. It's a small, like compact little story. 
You know, yeah. like I'm not expecting like a, a Ma universe. You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then it shows that as well, throws another layer on top of the story, especially of this racial undertone there. Yeah. Being that the Ma was the only African-American girl, it seems to be um, in her high school or in her little group of friends there or quote unquote friends. You can't really call them friends, but um, it, she still holds that inside her. And when she paints that kid's face white, I was like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I'm like, you fucking went there. Because I was thinking, I'm like, what are they going to do with the black kid? Right? Like, what what are they going to do in terms of punishment, you know? Yeah. And he just fucking whitewashed his face, bro. That's the worst punishment you can get. It's so it's so it's, wild, man. It's, it's wild, dude. And, and she didn't give a fuck. Ma didn't care at all. Like, at, at that point in time, she was like, that's it. I'm all in, dude. I'm all in. Especially after she killed the cop. Yeah. She was like, no. And it. see, and that's another payoff. You pay off the gun. Like, the, the gun was set up. Yep. Like, that's what I'm yep. saying. There's a lot of setup and payoff in this movie. Like, um, the fact that Ma was watching Mercedes jog, and that gets paid off because she's hit while she's jogging. Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. Like, it's there's a lot of just little stuff in here that when you start, like, uh, I admit, like, when I watched it, I was like, man, that was rad. But, like, as we're breaking it down, I was like, man, there's a lot of smart stuff in here. Just yeah. surprisingly and it, smart. And as um, uh, Luke Evans' character, who, he, he actually did also a solid job. Um, his character left the GPS tracker at the table yeah. at the bar. And it's true because we never see him actually grab it or take it back from the table. So at some point, she grabbed that shit and snuck it into her purse. Yeah, it's so... Uh, it's yeah. It pays off every little thing. And like, and then there are like randomly great actors in it, like Alice and Janney in like yeah, a, in a completely as a doctor, yeah as right? a th- it's a throwaway role like it's literally you could have done that like could have been any like just random woman and and Luke Evans that could have been just any guy for their dad so and again like like you said uh, with Alice and Jenny for example like in that interaction with uh, Sue Ann who is Ma's real name mm-hmm. um, you see that she isn't normal like the way she treats her. As an employee, it's like th- this woman is always kind of off. Right. She's always on her phone, right? Yeah, and that's she's true. She's not paying attention. Oh, so, yeah. So you get the fact that, oh, shit. So, like, because, like, you know how, like, in certain movies like these, like, you know, the boss bullies the employee, you know what I mean? Yeah. But it's, it's like the boss is like, listen, do your fucking job because she's apparently in her own fucking world on the phone all the time. Always distracted, looking out the window. That one scene where she's just staring out the window for so long, right? Just looking at, um, I forgot who she was looking at. I think it was um, Maggie's mom. Mm-hmm. Uh, she gets distracted for this long. And then, you know, the, the doctor's like, hey, what the fuck are you doing? Why are you not picking up the phone, right? And the yeah. phone's ringing, the phone's ringing. Ma is totally in her own world because she's so fucking, you know, cracked up up in the head that, like, she totally doesn't give a fuck yeah just isn't it wild that like out of all the movies we thought like were gonna be big this summer like ma ended up being like the big one <laughs> ma is the official start of the fucking summer month my man yeah L- let's and, yeah let's 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 get into that arturo and with that like like i am dubbing ma the official start of summer horror movie hell season. yeah not this godzilla shit <laughs> all right i don't care what you guys said over there i said my fucking piece it's a shitty movie <laughs> with fucking with a lot of potential that got thrown out the fucking window because you wanted to have a story, <laughs> but the summer really started with Ma, and I was really excited. and And was and was fucked up is that that was a two movie day, man. 
Yeah. Ma oh. and Godzilla I saw on the same day. Woof. So <laughs> I'm glad I saw Ma first because I had that. I'm like, okay, good. You know, this was good. And then I saw Godzilla and I'm like, all right, I'm glad I saw Ma, you know? <laughs> so at least it wasn't a total waste of fucking time. But uh, yeah, uh, Ma for me is the official start of the summer horror movie season. And we got a great fucking summer lined up, man. In June alone, in June alone, we got a couple of bangers that are going to be pretty well scrutinized and microscoped and all that shit. Mm-hmm. Um, so first off, we got Child's Play. Child's Play um, comes out on June 21st, the official start of the summer season. And it's a great place to start because A, we got a reboot. B, we got a very questionable looking Chucky. Oh. But C, we got Mark Hamill right. voicing Chucky. Nick, what did you think of, uh, about Chucky in the trailers you've so, seen so far? So, I mean, I I hope, you know, with the whole tapping into technology thing, because he's basically like, they're all Alexas now, I think. And yeah. that would be cool, you know, if it, if it takes a more, like, Skynet approach than, like, straight up, like, deep, was it Murderer Soul in the original one? Yeah, it was, like, a Murderer Soul um, got yeah. into this doll, it, it, like, it, how? Yeah, and, um, you know, Child's Play is fine, like, it's one of those things where, like, I'll always say, like, the original one did scare me because you know i was a child and i had toys and, yeah like, me too it's my those... cousin actually had the buddy doll which was like what the fuck are you doing <laughs> why would you bring right. that into your house yeah but You're like, like <laughs> i'm like keep that shit in your attic because i don't want to fucking see that thing yeah like child's play is a good idea and i hope a reboot is also a good idea even though you know uh it, the boat's out on you know where it's like the it's all out there. Reboots, you know, some of them just aren't good. Uh, and this one kind of looks like it, but I'm hoping it's just got enough, just got enough in it. I don't know. Like, I'm not particularly attached. So, what, what yeah. do you, how are you feeling? I'm not sure about which cut of Ma you saw, but when I saw Ma, they played a trailer for Chucky, for Child's Play. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I saw uh, whatever the recent trailer was where, yeah. it's, where it says and he's like, uh, where it says he's an Alexa. I think yeah, that's, and, yeah. And you know what? This trailer looked like it had some very good kills in it. So I'm very excited about the kills. I'm, I'm excited about the gore and the violence in it. It looks like they're doing pretty good stuff. I'm concerned about the actual character design. Yeah. Um, and I'm also I'm a little confused. Are there going to be multiple of these dolls going around there? Are they going to be activated in some way? Ooh, where, you know what? You know I mean? That would make it different. Like, that I, would make it I different. would dig that, it. That would make it a bit more interesting in terms of like, okay, I can accept this. Yeah, because um, you know, no yeah. matter how, how, like, it's it's one of those things where it's like, you know, in the in the original movies where you know fans are still going to see those the original franchise anyway. They're going to keep it going with like a TV show or something. You know, the the original creators are still doing their own thing. But you know, no matter how much you damaged it, it, it was I, I, it makes for a cool visual, I guess, for a slasher movie. But it's one of those things where it's like, I how what can they do to this doll? It's already past the point of no return, you know? And, yeah. And, and once you start losing that hope, you know, it, I don't know, horror movies for me, like, a slasher movie to work, it's got to have that hope in it. It's got to have, like, it's got to have that little bit that you can fight. Like, even, like, even the most indestructible ones, like Jason and Freddy, there's a way to fight them, kind of, you know? Kind of, yeah. Exactly. yeah it's it's got to have that little bit of, like, 
something that that the something that the the main character can do to to turn the tables or balance it at least you know unless it's like a slaughter fest like th- those are fine too like like the Crowley movies like those are just slaughter fests and I'm fine yeah with those that. are just, those are just made to just showcase you know practical effects honestly yeah and I'm fine yeah. with that but you yeah, know if fine. but with slasher movies I for me you need that little bit in there and if it's with this one, if the hope dies every time, just like another, like, I don't know, there's hope that you can defeat these things, but it's like, oh, when you kill one, another one shows up, because they're every, like, it's every one of these dolls, so yeah, I, um, I, I think that'd be yeah, cool. Yeah, like, I agree with the hope thing, I do like movies that are hopeless, though, Um, they have the most interesting stories, like the French movies and stuff like that, that we'll, right. we'll talk about at a different time, um, uh, but uh, I'm I'm a little concerned about the Mark Hamill voice. Um, I heard it at the end of the trailer, and I wasn't really keen to it. Right. I'm not sure about you, but it didn't. Um, I didn't like it. I didn't like it. So I, I, I'm hoping to hear more because I know usually that stuff is done in post production because it's just voiceovers. Right. Um, so I'm hoping it does sound a little bit better when we see the movie. But um, but Child's Play comes out June 21st. Um, I'm gonna see it. For you guys out there, so you guys can decide whether it's good or not on your own. But I'm going to see it. I'm going to sacrifice myself for the greater good. <laughs> I usually do for my fiends out there. That way, you guys don't waste your fucking time. But I mean, let's see where that one goes. Yeah, speaking um, of dolls, though, there's a. <laughs> isn't there another uh, doll? Uh, you are a master of transition. I my mean, man. speaking of dolls, isn't there another like doll movie happening? As I mentioned earlier um, in this conversation we had this evening, Annabelle 3 comes out. It's mm-hmm. called Annabelle Comes Home. I have to be honest, I haven't seen part one or two. I just don't want to give it the time of day. I got too much shit to do and too much cool shit to watch. But from what my understanding and my readings, those movies are basically fucking trash. This one in particular, my interest is peaked only because they take a different approach to the Annabelle. It's not the history of Annabelle or whoever's inside Annabelle or something like that. It's not. They're not focusing on Annabelle. They're focusing on the Warrens Museum this time around mm-hmm. and what and what fucking evil atrocities can come out of that. Um, I like the fact that they both got uh, Vera Farmiga and Patrick Wilson in as uh, as the Warrens. Oh, cool. Having, yes, exactly. I didn't having, know that part, so that's, yes, that's cool. Having them in the movie gives it bit more credibility a bit more actual interest in terms of um watchability as well um and so pretty much the premise is the little girl Mm -hmm. the the warren's daughter right Mm -hmm. um she invites friends over and the friends uh, you know she tells them about the museum in the basement and tells them hey you know don't touch anything we can see shit you know what i mean like i'll show you shit but please do not touch a single fucking thing and one smart-ass little girl decides to fucking touch everything in that room, which kind of starts this chain reaction of mm-hmm. just possession getting activated and awakened. Um, and that alone is pretty gnarly because they go into like all the the trinkets and all the all the evil stuff they have in the museum, all the objects of uh, of evil and stuff mm-hmm. um, from. The rocking chair in Conjuring 2 is there, where, where the old man used to sit, right? Right. No, was that rocking chair from Conjuring 1, where the <coughs> where they where they exercised uh, this man, chick? Uh, dude, I, like, I can't tell you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because there's, right? there's so much shit. Uh, yeah, so you get a combination of a bunch of shit. You get the, the Conjuring 2 stuff in there. 
I think you get a sneak peek of the nun uh, portrait as well. Um, la, the, the, la, the La Llorona uh, crucifix? Yeah, you get the crucifix <laughs> there um, that they just threw in La Llorona and they used it once just to tie it in for some reason, just because this is Blumhouse, I guess. Right. Um, uh, you have Annabelle there. You have um, the little uh, mirror toy from Conjuring 2. So you have pretty much everything in the Conjuring universe that matters in this little room and everything gets awakened. Right. That's... My interest, I don't know where they go from here. Yeah, um, the Conjuring universe, it's going to be freaking wild. And, and let's definitely talk about that uh, another day. But yeah, I have the, some issues with that, so we'll definitely address that in a different cast, for right. sure. Uh, but what else is going on in the summer, Arturo? Um, honestly, there's four more I'd like to go through real quick. First up is Crawl. I'm not sure if you've if you seen the trailer for Crawl. Is that the one um, with the, the alligator? Yes, that's the one with the fucking alligator, bro. So, what the fuck is that? Right, so I don't know. Lake Placid. <laughs> remember Lake Placid? <laughs> oh, dude! Unfortunately, I do remember Lake Placid with Bill Pullman and fucking Bridget Fonda. That movie was trash. Uh, but this one has a little bit of potential because of who's behind it. Uh, Sam Raimi is producing it. I believe it is another Blumhouse film. Mm-hmm. I believe Alexander. Aha from who did a Piranha 3D, which is pretty dope, um, is also behind this movie, and it's like a natural disaster movie combined with a natural disaster, pretty much, which is an alligator. Um, this lady, this chick, is trying to find out the dad um, who's missing. He's in in the crawl space of his home, and it turns out there's a fucking alligator in there, bro. So I'm curious to see how that um, is going to play out. Um, it looks like a hopeless situation, and it looks just fucking scary, dude. And I'm excited about that one. The next one I'm excited about is actually um, from the director of the very great Hereditary. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Mr. Ari Aster has a movie called Midsummer coming out. Right. And the one where they're all in looks, Sweden, right? Yeah, so the one where they're in Sweden with the no, uh, no nights. And it's like a reverse 30 Days of Night with, like, fucking... Yeah, (laughs) just the lighting alone has me very interested, because I'm like, how do you do, like, bright-ass horror, you know? Like, you have to go creepy, right? You have to go, like, the creepy visual route. I think for sure they're going to go that creepy visual route. I, I, I expect very big things, only because of Hereditary was so fucking good that I think this one is gonna, you know fucking creep us the fuck out again it's 824 so we expect quality mm-hmm. and i'm very excited about it that one comes out in july the other one that comes out in july is a uh, scary stories to tell in the dark right um that trailer that just came out kind of beefed it up a little bit more because oh, all we had before was a bunch of super bowl spots mm-hmm. to go by and they were focusing on one creature here one creature there but this one tie everything together and the story is pretty fucking decent. I'm hoping for good things. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, like a it's like a horror movie version of the the Goosebumps movie. Uh, yes. I guess just like a, it's just a little darker. It's the exactly. same premise. It's yep. the exact same premise. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, it's Goosebumps at Jay's, but for the adults, you know. Yeah, and um, you know what? And that makes sense because that's the way the books were. You know, the, yeah, the books true. were Goosebumps at Jay's, but just darker. Dude, I remember buying the. The collection of BJ's when I was younger, bro. <sighs> so and, and then just just reading that and going through the pictures, I was like, "Oh, this is brutal." You see, that also added to my fucking my state of mind these days. Yeah, um, it's, that art, man. Dude, oh, just fucking ahead of its time. I can't believe they put out a children's book, dude. It's crazy. It, isn't uh, it weird? <laughs> isn't it yeah, wild, that's dude? Nuts, man, nuts. And uh, I 
I do have expectations for that movie because um, it's produced by Guillermo del Toro mm-hmm. and it's directed by the Norwegian director who did um, Troll Hunter, which is a very good movie, very underrated. Highly recommend that one as well. But uh, let's conclude this little summer preview with the last horror movie coming out in the summer season, It Chapter 2. Right. Um, uh, this is the big one, man. It um, is. I'm very fucking stoked about it. We finally got um, a trailer which played um, a scene from the movie. And that scene with the old lady was creepy as fuck. I have high hopes, um, especially because um, Skarsgård, uh, the actor playing Pennywise, he said he went all fucking out because now he's dealing with you know adult actors instead of children actors. So now he can get creepier. He can get more in your face, more intrusive, mm-hmm. uh, more violent. And I'm very excited to see how that happened. I read a quick article that said that um, he's happy to be out of that state of mind. Um, so I'm, I'm excited to see yeah, what he did. I, I, do, I do love when actors get to, like say that stuff. You Because know, I'm like, ah, oh, that means you're doing your job. That's good to hear, man. You know? Exactly. 100%. <laughs> that means they're doing their fucking job. And uh, um, I'm excited about it. Chapter 1 is very good. Um, I think I'm going to try and watch the old school version of yeah. it just to see what uh, how that how that compares to what we have because honestly it chapter one was very good and, yeah they they tapped and, into that like kid adventure vein so like, yeah that Goonies esque kind of kind mm-hmm. of thing and I think they did it better than the original one honestly right um, I think the actors in this one were also better actors uh, um, um, in terms yeah, of you know, child kid, actors yeah child actors have just gotten better. I guess because yeah. it's like we, they, people know, or I guess like studios know that people expect more out of children now. Like, you know, because children aren't dumb, you know, they can do yeah. the stuff. And now they know that, hey, listen, like, because back in the day, like, you were like in a commercial and shit, and maybe you did a little movie, but you never had like a blueprint for your success. Mm-hmm. Like, these kids in Stranger Things have a blueprint for their success. These kids in, in It Chapter 2, like, s- some uh, were in Stranger Things, they have a blueprint for their success. So, like, these kids are taking their quote-unquote child acting, you know, gigs and making them into a, you know, they're taking it seriously, which is awesome for the quality of movies we're getting. Right. Um, And I know It Chapter 2 gives us the adult versions of these kids, and I know we have a heck of a cast. We have James McAvoy, Bill Hader, uh, Jessica Chastain, Mm -hmm. and some other guys that I forget at the moment. You have the the Old Spice guy. (laughs) Remember that guy? Oh, oh, that's who it is. Yeah, he's the Old Spice guy. Yeah, and I mean, the trailer trailer starts out, uh, it's trailer's weird right because it's like it's horror then it turns into like a superhero movie so i don't know man i'm, I'm with yeah. it wherever you know what i think chapter one uh i don't know about you but it's like it it earned my just like my faith and i'm just like yeah. i'm just gonna go see it like you know because chapter one no, is it i i have to go see this because yeah, um isn't it isn't it weird that this feels like an avengers type of conclusion you know it's only two movies and i'm like man i can't wait to see it like i can't wait to see it all you know end. what that, that's because the first one was done so well that now we have this um end game expectation you know what i mean yeah um it is the end game for us in terms <laughs> of it. um and it is the end game for us in terms of this podcast um <laughs> I hope you guys enjoyed this first episode of The Morgue. Um, we hope to bring you a whole bunch more down the line. Reach out to us on Corpse Feed. Um, I'm very accessible through all my social medias, Facebook, Instagram. I, I don't do Twitter too much because it takes too much time to, to focus on Twitter. But I'm on Facebook all the time. You can, you can message Corpse Feed on there. 
I respond within a day according to what it says on Facebook. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, but just reach out to us. Always have an open mind. That's what I tell everybody um, with horror. Have an open mind. That's exactly what I reiterate with metal music as well. Have an open mind. Um, that, that's what it's all about. Just experiencing stuff, experiencing the out of norm things. And if you like this creepy shit, just go on my Facebook. There are tons of creepy shit on there for you guys to digest. Funny creepy shit, funny metal shit, horror shit, crazy articles about horror, haunted places. Everything that goes bump in the night you'll find on Core Feet. And I'm always ready to make connections with you guys out there. I love to promote young artists, new artists, um, amateur artists, amateur musicians. And that's what I'm here for, to put the whole community aware of, of just everything that's out there um, and that there's a lot of people trying to get out there and, and we're here to help you guys out. So I hope you enjoyed this first episode of The Borg. I'm Arturo Padilla, the head of Corpse Feet, and with my trusty producer, Nick Valdez from comicbook.com. I, I hope you guys had fun. Uh, we'll see you next time. Sure, beware. You're in for a scare.